We'll wrap up with what's on your table. That's really just to see what a good listener you were. There aren't really discussion questions or question that you already know the answer to, and we'll go table by table. But I want us to pray. Okay, I'm not going to pray over you. I want us to pray at each table. And there are five, it's called intelligent prayer. There are five intelligent prayers I want you to pray for one another. Okay, you've got name tags on so you can call each other's names. These are five things that are particular issues for people at Christmas, okay? Self-discipline is a big issue, okay? Um, most of us get really sidetracked in Advent with our normal time of private worship. That's how we get so squeezed by the culture. I want to pray for you this year that you will not let that happen. You'll be on your guard to not let that happen. Even if your Bible study doesn't meet in December, add a do some do something to prepare your heart. Your church literature racks are full of things. You might just use some of the Advent Jesse Tree materials. You know, any of these Advent devotional books. These are the kind of things that are just everywhere. You're not going to find them now, but make sure you get yourself in the Word. Maybe use this Advent season as an opportunity to start writing something down in a journal. Just one, even if it's just one thing, one thing. Oh, I forgot to tell you this. Do you know that I've been praying for the last two months that everybody in here would fall under great conviction about at least one thing? And maybe it's more, but one thing. That maybe the Lord's been tugging on you already and then I kind of said it again. One thing for you to stop doing or one thing for you to start doing. Okay? That was just a kind of an aside. Okay, the second thing we're going to pray for each other is for self-control. And I'll remind you of these things. In fact, I'll, I brought a little bell if I can find it. I'll ring it after. You're just going to pray for a minute or two, okay? You're going to pray for self-control. People who deal with obsessive behaviors, any kind of those things, during the Christmas season, they are just full-blown. They are out there. Compulsive eating, spending, decorating. You really see people's compulsiveness in big, big light. So we want to pray against aimless compulsion. And then we're going to pray for each other that you would have a desire, a desire to give to people who really need your gifts. Or that you would have a desire and succeed in making an observable difference in how you celebrate Christmas. An observable difference. We're to live such good lives among the pagans that they will see our good works and give God glory, okay? And that we will become men and women who yearn for his appearing. That you will yearn for his appearing. Just like the Old Testament saints yearned for the appearing of the Messiah. We should yearn for the coronation of the Messiah. So the next time he comes, he is coming as a king, and he is going to be taking names and kicking you-know-what, okay? We should be anxious and praying for that day. Okay, so let's just take five minutes now and pray for what... It's a concert of prayer, okay? So you're all going to be praying at the same time. It's going to sound like Babel in here, but to God, it is a beautiful concert, okay? So right now, bow your heads, and for one minute, pray for each other for self-discipline. Yeah, you, you know what? You can just... It's going to sound like a bunch of crazy speaking in tongues heads, okay? Everybody at one time, if you know the people's names at your table, call their name out. You're just going to be praying right now for one minute for self-discipline for everybody at your table, okay? Go. Okay. 
Now stop and pray for self-control. You don't have to whisper. That's the jingle bell. Okay. Now pray for yourself and for those at your table that they would have a desire to give to those that truly need your gifts. Okay, stop. Now pray that you and your friends would make an observable difference in the way you celebrate Christmas. Okay, and last, pray that we would become people who yearn for his appearing. Okay, thank you. Father, I thank you that you have been with us. I thank you that you are Emmanuel all year. You are God with us. You have come to live in the hearts of your people. And Father, we thank you that... um, You showed your love for us by not sparing your only son, but by sacrificing him for us. We thank you, Father, that um, you left the ivory palaces of heaven and you came down to visit us and to live with us on this earth. I pray for every man and woman in here, Lord God, that if they do not know you as Savior and as Lord, that you would begin to breathe life into their hearts. We thank you, and I do pray again, Father, that the one thing that you have already given each man and woman here to have ears for, that um, the enemy would not take it, that it would stay, that it would take root, and that it would grow, and that there would be a change in what their family does this season toward becoming um, a more brilliant ambassador for your love. In Jesus' strong name we pray, amen. Okay, before we do the discussion questions, I have one little commercial for you about the organization that I've just taken a position with. It's called the LEAP Foundation. LEAP stands for Life Associate. No. Dina, what is it? Life (laughs) Enhancement. It's only two weeks old. Life Enhancement Association for People. Debbie is Dr. Hobar's main nurse. And Dina is Debbie's daughter, who is my intern. But Craig Hobar is the man that hired me. He's a plastic surgeon here in town. He spends most of his time doing boob jobs and facelifts. But what he really loves to do is go to developing countries and repair children's facial deformities. He is a really committed, godly man. And um, so what we designed for you is kind of this true spirit of giving to the least of these. See, the least of these refers to the brethren. And... A child is certainly least. At least is anybody without protection. A widow is least. Um, children, you know, financially poor, those are all in the category of least. So this card, these are $5 each, and it tells the mission and the story of LEAP on the back. It's a tax donation. You'd make your check to the LEAP Foundation, but you then insert this in your own darling family Christmas card, and you're finished with your loving your happy obligation to give a gift to your friends you've honored christ and you've served him by serving the poor so uh, dina has those in the back they're five dollars each and then the books are for sale okay run around the table really quickly and read your discussion question and i bet we got all of them oh and the evals okay okay pass those out while we do this and then there's also an evaluation for you to fill out really quickly that um the folks that put on training day really want your input And I would really, uh, is there a way, Emily, they could put input about me, like something? Okay, let me tell you, this this would be the greatest favor you could do for me. Would you please tell me what maybe you heard that you'd never heard before? Or maybe you'd never heard it said like that before? 
Or if you've got something that you know I maybe need to delete, I mean, help me. What should I talk less about? What should I talk more about? This is how I grow as a speaker. Yes, okay. That's one of our discussion questions, but I'll tell you right now. I did that as an experiment, and again, I'm kind of now in this public place, so I can do these crazy things. I literally let Stephen be in charge. It was fantastic. I didn't buy any gifts. I didn't do anything. Um, he was in charge. He didn't buy gifts either. Well, he bought gifts for the kids. He bought gifts for me. Of course, Christmas Eve, he's out shopping. Um, but it was about food. He bought a big old rack of lamb one night. He bought a big tenderloin to eat another. It was just about food. And it was wonderful. So, and that's just my husband. Those are the things he cares about. It would be interesting to hear what some of these dads in here have to say. Um, okay, what is, somebody who's not busy writing, what is your uh, tables, what does your little strip of paper say? At table number one here. What does that strip say? Okay, let's see who gets the listening prize. I do have a prize for whoever can get this. Give me the three ways St. Nick is like Jesus. You got to get all three to get the book. Uh, you can't, okay, no. Okay, I saw your hand first. Okay. Okay, she can read your own notes. Okay, did she get all three? Okay, here you get a prize. There you go. This is a really great book called $100 Holiday. It's the story of a pastor who challenged everybody in his congregation to only spend $100. Do you want me to be quiet and let you finish your evals? Okay, I'll be quiet a minute. Okay, the goal is not necessarily to spend less, though that certainly is my husband's goal. My husband, if you talk to my husband, he would tell you we're still out of control, that we still spend way too much and do too much, but we're getting better every year. Um, the goal wasn't necessarily to spend less because I didn't, uh, I didn't have a, well, it was more about creating margin. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you asked that. I just remember something that's so significant that I want you to know. When you're making your plan, when you're planning with your spouse about how you're going to spend your time, your money, are you going to travel or not, how much entertaining, how much you spend on each child, do we, just all of those things, Christmas is huge. When you are making that plan, build margin into the schedule. Okay, you make that plan with a calendar in front of you. You need a lot of white space on the calendar because in December, I think because there's this extra heavier sense of God's presence during the Advent season, which is like his annual booster shot for you, it's a gift for you. There is also more demonic activity, I think. Okay, so that's why there are more crises. Your friends will have more crises in December than they will the rest of the year. So if you're just scheduled to the minute, you're going to find yourself like the Levi and the priest on the road uh, when the Jericho road, when the guy was bloody and dying on the side, and the only person that stopped was his enemy, the Samaritan. Okay? You've got to leave some white space in your life. All of Jesus and all of Jesus' recorded miracles were interruptions. He was going somewhere else when he stopped to meet the needs of people. Henry Nowen quotes um, a professor from Notre Dame who says, I used to be irritated by all my students' interruptions until I realized that the interruptions were my work. Usually the interruptions that come into your day 
are the divine appointments. So if you are scheduled to the minute, you are going to turn a deaf ear and a blind eye to the needs of people. And the people in need, people in crisis, are the greatest opportunity for you to get into their heart with the gospel. See, crisis means, I've taken several mission trips to China, and I learned that the word crisis requires two Chinese characters to define it. It's, it's dangerous opportunity together is what crisis means. So the crises in your life and your friends' lives are dangerous. We don't like them, but they're opportunities for you to move in there and give a cup of cold water in the name of Christ. Serve them. Meet their needs. So make sure you have allowed some space. Okay, that next table, what was your question? Or, or let's see if we can get that one. Okay, it'll be about food. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's a private thought question. Just ask yourself, you know, if he just came and had supper with you one night, like that December 23rd, what's he going to see? Okay, Debbie, Dina, what do you all have back there? You know the answer to that? Thanksgiving, okay, you get a prize. Come collect your prize. Okay, that back table. Or, Dean, I'll give you yours at work. Okay, yeah, that's not one you can really win a prize for. But remember, that's just the idea that when you're making your plan and you're thinking about all the people you need to give gifts to, just back it, peel it off a little bit. Why am I giving them a gift? What am I trying to say? And perhaps if it's thank you, get ahead of the curve and give them something at Thanksgiving. Okay? Okay, anybody want to take that? Okay, what's one thing you know right now today, you're under some conviction about, you can start, you know you're going to stop that, and you know you're going to start this, the put-offs and put-ons, okay? Bingo. See, that tree, it's evergreen. Okay, the tree, any greenery represents your life if it's hidden with Christ in God. And Martin Luther is who, um, who is like our spiritual father, is who brought the candles in and put them on the tree in his house. I mean, there's a lot of significance with that. But I'm like you. I don't like, I think big trees, big hassle. I mean, everybody's fussing and fighting over stupid stuff. Small trees, small hassle. You know, if you want it to look big, put it on a table or something. You know, and you can get it Christmas Eve, and it's about 75% off by that time. Of course, they were looking pretty dead, but okay. What do you all have? Are this same? Okay, okay. I think that was it. Um, okay, who else has something that they know? Let's have a little, uh, a little five-minute confessional. Who, who knows? Who's willing to share something they know they're going to stop doing this year and something they know they want to start? Anybody? Yay. Good. Say, say. Okay, somebody up here? I like that. Anybody had, had a hand here? Yeah. Way to go. No holiday party. She'll do it in January. You know, most of us, when you, you're all fresh and you're planning, you think, okay, this year I'm going to um, have, have a big holiday party for everybody in the office. I'm going to make all my own decorations and a gingerbread house. Okay. Well, you can have all of that over three years. Okay. It's like the myth of the working woman. She can have it all. No, you can have it all, but just not all at the same time. 
So life happens so fast. Don't you notice when you get a, a birthday invitation to somebody's party or whatever, you think, didn't we just go to her birthday party? It's like a year passes in a season. Like in three months, a year has passed because of technology. Things are just racing. So the, you will not feel slighted at all if whatever it is you said no to, you just delay it till 2012. You know? Okay, anybody else? Yes. Yes. See, if you would start later, if you really wouldn't start until, you know, then it's not, it works. Okay, anybody else? It's so fun. There, the story about that is in that big book. It's called The Family Adoption Project. Y'all are an amazing audience. Thank you so much. Hey, we got out on time. Yes. Please. Well, but let me tell you why. I didn't unpack that. Let me just say one thing, because this may answer what you're talking about. I think that the myth of Nicholas is fine for young children, okay? Because all the fairy tales you read, those are not real stories, okay? And as they develop their concrete thinking skills, they can discern. You're not going to confuse them forever. But once they start to ask, which is about age five, six, seven, you need to be the one that tells them. How old are your children? Well, I wonder if it would help you if you switched the orb. I mean, if you just switched it to Nicholas. And it's fine to think about the spirit of Nicholas and what he did. Yeah. Well, those are representatives of, of Nicholas, that man who really lived. Well, but this is the other thought. That's, that's between you and your husband, but you'll have a hard time. Then your, your son will be the one who everybody hates because he ruins Christmas for everybody. You know, I had a daughter that did that. That is so painful. But at about five years old, a child can really believe two competing things. And it, it'll probably only be one Christmas in his life or her life, but they can believe that there is a man, a fat man, that comes through the chimney and brings me stuff. And also, that's mom and dad that bring me that good stuff. They can believe both of those, okay? That's just part of brain development. They're not An adult now would be psycho if they had those two competing thoughts. But once they are in that place, you know that the next year you need to tell them. And you make sure they just know not to ruin it for other people. I can remember at that age, running into my mother's bedroom, I had a little Betty Crocker mixing bowl. And she had left the sticker on it from Miller's Department Store in Jackson, Mississippi. I remember running in her room. I said, Mama, Santa shops at Miller's too. Okay, that's a crazy thought. Santa doesn't go shopping at a store in the city where he's leaving glute. I mean, I knew that was my mother's face. You see what I'm saying? So anyway, okay, anything else about Santa back there? I don't think I helped at all about Santa. There is a... um. But that's the gist. It's a personal thing. It's not negative, especially if you understand Nicholas. Uh huh. Yes, and let me tell you how I did that. And I read this somewhere, thank goodness. The, the super cool stuff they got did not come from Santa. It came from me. So Santa just kind of died a real slow death. You know, it's like he's not all that cool in my house. So, But we didn't have to ruin it for anyone, and they participated. I mean, it was fun when they were three and four and five and... 
you know, it's a tiny window in their life. And I don't think it's going to spiritually mess them up. I think it would if you carry it, carry it on. Yeah, that's true. That's part of their training. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because other people feel so, they feel immediately judged. So there's no love there. I mean, that's wonderful if that's your family decision. But yeah, you've got to help them. It's like you have to train them. When they open their gift from grandma and it socks, they can't say, ooh. They have to say, oh, grandma, thank you for thinking of me. And they don't lie and say, oh, I love new socks. That's a lie. But you just it's just coaching and teaching. I had a hand. No? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Christmas love and blessings to you all.